Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jettikin. Desi, let's start out by thanking our Patreon contributors. They donated over at patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. And this week we had Monica, Martha, Constance, Anna, Christine, John, Kayla, Isaiah, Abby, Mandy, Tony, another Mandy, Sierra, and Melissa. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Okay, Rachel. <laughs> what the heck so, are you doing today? Back in the heyday of the mid-2000s when you had Perez Hilton, internet gossip sites were really thriving and hyper-focused on stars like Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan. A group of teens who were obsessed with the lifestyle of those young, rich, and infamous, especially the ones sort of famous for nothing, nothing, decided the easiest way to get the look in life was by stealing it from the stars they admired. <gasps> yes, Rachel. Today, we are going to be talking about the group of teens from Calabasas known as the Bling Ring. They were also called the Burglar Bunch and the Hollywood Hills Burglars. And they plundered the closets of the wealthy elite in Hollywood for about a year from October 2008 until August 2009. Did you follow this story? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, I am very aware of the bling ring. <laughs> okay. So this group consisted of seven teens and two young, uh, seven teens and young adults. So two of them were in their late 20s. Early the, 20s? No, 20, like 26. Is that really? Late? Two, two. Two of the guys were twenty in their like twenty to twenty seven, twenty six to twenty seven. I don't know why I assumed all of them were. Well, like- the main people were all teenagers. Okay, so the ringleader being a teen girl named Rachel Lee, who had devoted who had a devoted underling named Nick Prugo. They were eighteen and seventeen at the time. Now, over the course, when it started, over the course of that year, they stole over $3 million worth of stuff, targeting, targeting over 50 homes, including homes belonging to Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, Audrina Partridge, Rachel Bilson, uh, Brian Actress, uh, Brian, <laughs> actress, Brian Austin Green, and Megan Fox. And they tried to rob people like Ashley Tisdale as well, but <gasps> uh, they fled when they discovered a female house guest was at her place. Now, these teens were on the prowl for luxury goods. They were looking for Chanel, Gucci, Tiffany, Burberry, like whatever fashion and fucking labels they could get their hands on. They stole everything to get the look that they wanted. They took clothes, shoes, handbags, accessories. They even took makeup, perfume, and underwear. Uh, this is a, such a targeted, this was such a very specific <laughs> focused mission that they were on. Oh, totally. I mean, this is not like they just wanted stuff for cash. No. They literally just wanted... They wanted the fucking look like a star or like a celebrity, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, they did get for, you know, go for cash as well. They would scour handbags and pocketbooks for like cash that people had crumpled up in right. their like, things. You know, I'm excited when I find a $5 bill in a coat pocket. <laughs> it's like, whoa, free money. <laughs> but they were finding like thousands of dollars in these celebrities like pocketbooks and uh, coat pockets, etc. Now, a lot of people are 
obviously when this case broke, there was tons of news stories about these teenagers being enthralled by this celebrity lifestyle and this need for money. Um, The cop who was on the case, Officer Goodkin, he said that there was also a stalkerish aspect to the crimes. He said it may be a stretch, but it is wanting to wear somebody's clothes that's how is that different than wanting to wrap yourself in their skin like that guy in Silence of the Lambs? Uh, well, it's slightly different. It's a little different. <laughs> but I get the idea. It's like they really wanted to be these people and they felt like this was the easiest way to get there. Now, Prugo said that he and his accomplices never discussed the why. They just kind of did it. Um, he says that he knows it sounds dumb, but he said that Rachel, who is the ringleader, just wanted the clothes. Like she wanted to look hot and pretty. Like that really was her driving force. And he just was following her. Like he said he was in love with her, like a sister. I have no idea what was really going on there. Uh, In love, like with sister. Yeah. (laughs) In love with a sister? Yeah. I loved her almost like a sister. Uh, So the thing I find most interesting about this case is it really does seem like almost an inevitable conclusion to the consumers, c- consumerism and celebrity obsession of that period. Yes. Like, it just seems like it was bound to end in this way, right? Like, it was just being constantly pushed. And it definitely still exists today, uh, compounded by even greater social media use. You hear people talk all the time about wanting these lives they see on Instagram, uh, et cetera. No, I... I I believe that since the, you know celebrities have been in existence, people have obviously envied their lives. But as someone who was in their early 20s during this era, I mean, with the rise of those gossip blogs and, uh, you know, it seemed like all the tabloids were really popular at this time too. And sort of right. a lot of, a lot of what the tabloids went when they weren't just gossiping, they were sort of explaining where the celebrities got their clothes from, yes. where they got their expensive beauty treatments from. So it made from. you feel like, I can get this too. like Or I want this. this yeah, is I want this. I think the difference between, like, let's say, old Hollywood time, obviously that was very curated, what we got to see of celebrities. Um, 80s, you know, that was like the National Enquirer, so we were seeing more stuff, but the internet just exploded that to like a next level. Especially with independent bloggers. Yes, Absolutely. Because they were making people famous who weren't even actors. Like, right. Uh, so my main source for this book is called The Bling Ring. It is by a Vanity Fair writer named Nancy Jo Sales, who kind of did a big Vanity Fair piece on this when it was happening. I also watched the movie The Bling Ring by Sofia Coppola. That stars Emma Watson as one of their more infamous members, who was on the edge of her own burgeoning reality show success when she was arrested. Her name is Alexis Nears. I'm going to talk about her a little bit, but she's going to be our juicy um, topic for next week's episode, The Conclusion. So there's a lot to get into. This uh, is a two-parter. This is a two-parter. There's just too much. I couldn't get it all in, and I was literally driving myself crazy, and then I finally I was like, no. I have to. Well, <laughs> Desi, that's great for me because I got a juicy book for my next episode. Okay, good. And it's a lot of info. This, yeah, this one almost broke my brain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get started. 
Rachel Lee, the ringleader of the group, lived in Calabasas with her mother. She was expelled from Calabasas High School and later attended Indian Hills High School, which was an alternative school for degenerates. Mm. We've all been there. I've been there. (laughs) In the fall of 2006, she met a new student named Nick Prugo. They were both sophomores, and she quickly took Nick under her wing. Rachel is definitely the alpha in this duo, and Nick is borderline in love with her, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, he he claims as a sister, but it seems pretty incestuous at times. Like in some of the robberies, they actually take showers together. Oh, yeah, it's weird. Now Nick has also been expelled from Calabasas High School for excessive absences. He describes his life as idyllic pre-junior high. He was shy, but he got along with his parents, and he had a burgeoning acting career. In 2003, he was cast as Kenny in a TV movie called Little Lost Souls, Children Possessed, about the exorcism of children who pa- whose parents believe them to be possessed by evil. <laughs> I looked this movie up and I couldn't find it. Uh, but according to Nick, when he turned 14, he sort of got floored by emotional and mental health issues, which I think is pretty common. He had been diagnosed with ADHD, which he was prescribed Concerta for. He had anxiety issues and was given Zola for that. He also had depression. And some of these meds made him lose a ton of weight. So he got very skinny and his self-loathing went off the charts, especially when he moved back to Calabasas after spending time in Idaho. Now living in LA exasperated his feelings that he was unattractive in a city where everyone looks like a model or actress. Calabasas is a pretty wealthy area, even though it's sort of on the outskirts of LA. A lot of celebrities move there to kind of get more for their McMansion, more McMansion for their money. I think. Well, and also it's secluded. Yeah, it's secluded. Yeah. Have you been there? I have. Uh, Well, yeah, I would say that I think Kardashians really put Calabasas on the map. Well, I was going to say it became kind of reality TV central with the Kardashians and Nick and Jessica, um, Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson also lived there. That's where they lived? Yes. Can I just say that a few a few <laughs> years ago I was at Thanksgiving and my niece uh she doesn't live in California she's actually my cousin's daughter but she calls me auntie that's a whole other story okay so I was like you know oh you should go to college in LA and then we can like hang out and stuff and she was like I want to live in Calabasas <laughs> and I was like why do you want to live in Calabasas first of all how do you even know about Calabasas and she's like well that's where the Kardashians yeah. live I went to a mall there. There's like a famous mall that the Kardashians go to. And I had to be, I was stuck there for some reason. And I was like, well, I'll just go to this mall and eat lunch or whatever. And it was just like this open air mall that had every shop. Uh, It was crazy. Um, So yeah. Now this is also, so like Calabasas High has a lot of wealthy kids from, including kids of famous people like Katie Cassidy went there. Eric Menendez went there back in the day. And Rachel Jensen Carp and Danielle Fischel went there. That's where they met. What? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. That's where they met. They said that they were like high school friends that they went to Calabasas High together. And then they reunited. Yes. If you don't know, that's the uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch shrimp guy and Dakota. <laughs> What's her name? No, Tacoma. Tacoma. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Okay, this is the perfect. This is, see, this is the bridge between Gen X and Millennial. 
<laughs> is a Gen Xer will call Topanga Tacoma. And I and I love that. Look, I would like to watch the the, the alternative show set in Washington or whatever. Dude. <laughs> hey, my, I worked really hard this week. My brain is fried. You know what? I'm going to call her Tacoma from Look, now on. I know Topanga, but I don't know why I said Tacoma. Okay. <laughs> Nick was relieved to get out of that super saddest conscious environment at Calabasas High and move over to Indian Hills, the school for the burnouts and uh, fuck ups. (laughs) (laughs) I say that with love. I am one of those people. Now, he said that Lee was the first person he felt like was his best friend. They became inseparable, inseparable, constantly phoning, texting, all of that stuff. She was fashionable. Um, People described her as spoiled and haughty. Uh, She had troubles of her own. She didn't get along with her mom, uh, Vicky Kwan, who was a North Korean immigrant and owner of two of the centers of the tutoring company, Kumon. (gasps) Wait, she owned Kumon? Yes. Did you have to do Kumon? No, but I always see that sign and want to make a a joke about it. Okay, I I had a really close friend friend who did Kumon. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. No, I never did it. I don't even think I was smart enough for Kumon. (laughs) Now, she also had a new stepfather who she hated. Her parents had gotten divorced earlier in her life, uh, and her mom remarried in her early teens. Now, Prugo also has uh, trouble at home. He is estranged from his parents, who are also like film and television related uh, careers. So they have money. Um, But they had a falling out because... Nick started having these emotional problems or whatever you want to say. He said that he and his new friend, Rachel, bonded over fashion because he liked fashion too. He liked clothes. He thought of himself as a stylish guy. They both dreamed of going to Fashion Institute of Design and Marketing and I'm sorry, Design and Merchandising in LA. Uh, and they were extra obsessed with it because the Hills girls, some of the Hills girls went there and they loved reality TV, Rachel, <laughs> and especially the Hills. <laughs> I like the Hills too. Did you watch the Hills? I didn't, but I was obsessed with Laguna Beach. Okay. Uh, the Hills, I had a summer where I binged every Hills like in a week. <laughs> I mean, I know all the Hills cast members. Of course. Yeah. Cause they're all from Laguna. Most of them are from Laguna Beach. A lot of them are from Laguna Beach, but I also, I mean, I wasn't like a Hills stand, but I have seen episodes of you it. You had never seen me happier than when Unwritten started playing. <laughs> of every episode I was literally like it's starting like even though I watched like I heard unwritten literally like a hundred times in that week it's crazy like when I hear that now it's like Pavlov's dog or something like I like all these serotonins rushed to me I was I was so into it now throughout the 10th grade Nick and Rachel were just a couple of carefree kids they smoked weed they hung out at Zuma Beach they went to parties they played beer pong uh, it was during that summer he Rachel introduced Nick to her whole circle of friends, including Courtney Ames and Diana Tamayo, and he just had this sense of belonging. And since he was on the outs with his parents, this group became very important to him. He was very devoted to Rachel. He became her companion um, at the ho- like when they would hit the Hollywood nightlife scene, and he soon became addicted to drugs, and that led to him stealing from his parents, which created more turmoil at home. He also um, began a little circle of friends that were not attached to Rachel, in particular two girls named Alexis Nerez and Tess Taylor. I'll get more into them a little bit later. And as I mentioned, 
They're going to be talked about a lot in the next episode because during this period, they're on the verge of creating their own reality show with e-television called Pretty Wild um, that does get filmed. They have a whole season and a lot of this takes place while she is going through this bling ring stuff. And that's why it needs its own episode because there's too much juicy stuff <laughs> with this chick. So this show focuses on the modeling careers of these two girls and their LA party lifestyle. The show eventually gets very criticized for their sexual antics because they're teenagers. And the family is just a wild one. Like the mom is super new age. So it's a very... Uh, crazy show. Anyway, the summer after 10th grade, things took a dramatic twist in Nick and Rachel's relationship when Rachel casually dropped that she had broken into neighborhood homes and stolen things. He was kind of like, okay. And then she asked Nick if he knew anyone that was out of town at that time. (laughs) He did. It was a social media friend of his who was out of town for two weeks on a family trip to Jamaica. Lee was like, oh, you know, do you want to go rob that house? (laughs) So she did it real casual style. And Nick said that he was kind of like, didn't want to do it, but he wanted to please Rachel. So he agreed to go rob this friend's house. Now, he was shocked when they went to the house late one night and she basically just walked right through an open door that was around the back. Like people just did not lock their doors. There was no security system? No. And this is going to be a common theme, Rachel. So he said that, he was in the house and he's like freaking out because we're in somebody's house and she's just like lifting things up and like strolling around the house, touching things. So almost like too comfortable. He couldn't believe like how comfortable she was at that first burglary in the Valley. He said that Lee found a box of uh, underneath the bed that had $8,000 in cash in this box, which calmed him down. He said, he's like, we each got four grand and like, that isn't so bad. We didn't kill anybody. The next day they took that money and went shopping on Rodeo drive. Now that began a series of them doing what he called checking cars, checking cars involved going around to cars like Mercedes, Bentleys, et cetera, other fancy cars in their neighborhood and checking the handles to see if they were open. Then Once they opened these car doors, they would take whatever was inside, including credit cards, cash, like whatever they could find. The next day, they'd go shopping. He says, this is so this period. We'd go to Kitson. Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) Desi, I used to shop at Kitson. I mean, Kitson was it 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 during that period. Yes. So that's a Melrose boutique that all of these starlets went to basically... Uh, yeah. Like, let me just tell you, (laughs) I, I was like broke in the year 2007, but whatever money I had from my nine to five receptionist job, it all went to Kitson. Uh, yes. It was so, it was so popular. Yeah. So he's like, we would walk in really stylized and beautiful and use our cards and no one would question us at all. Now, Prugo said at this time he was also developing a cocaine habit. So he really started not just stealing for fashion, but he also needed money to get drugs. But their life of crime was only just beginning. Much like it can with a drug addiction, it starts off small and then you're chasing that high. Like they became addicted to stealing. They began breaking into more local homes. Nick was always tripping out, but Rachel would just, like I said, go through every coat pocket real like casual. Like sometimes she would just lounge about and pretend that the house was hers. Oh my God. Uh, he began relying more and more on what made him confident during these burglaries, cocaine. Like he needed the cocaine boost to have that confidence that Rachel kind of just had naturally. She's like probably a sociopath. <laughs> 
Um, after months of success, their confidence exploded, and they decided to up the ante and began plotting to rob the people they most admired, celebrities. Now, the reason most of the victims that they would rob, as far as the famous people go, are female is purely because Rachel wanted the clothes. Like, And the men they robbed, she wanted their girlfriend stuff. Like, right. it, That was the reason why. So... She was voted best dressed in high school, and she had an image to maintain. And she came from money. Uh, yeah, I they mean, all kind of they all kind of did. Right. Um, if she liked a celebrity style, they became they became determined to steal that celebrity's clothes. So Lee would rip. Um, Rachel would eventually refer to their capers as going shopping. Like oh that's how God. she thought of it. These were women that. She liked. They had the fashion fashion sense that she wanted. She watched The Hills. She watched Gossip Girls. So she wanted that kind of look. She, um, according to Nick, they started checking up on celebrity websites to see when celebs were out of town, and they became like a real little research team. They found the houses of their targets using Google Maps and a website called CelebrityAddressAerial.com. What? The, the, the logo on this site is, you will be able to see their houses behind the tall hedges, big gates, and security systems. Who is taking these pictures? <laughs> I don't know, but it's like, That's this sounds creepy. like a bad idea. Um, you will get unprecedented access to the sort of lifestyle your favorite celebrity can't afford. Um, then they would drive around to these neighborhoods and kind of do recognizance mission, m- missions, like looking to see what su- surveillance they had, look to see what the security was like there, and just kind of figure things out. Now, according to Nick, he and Rachel asked themselves the questions like, who would leave a door unlocked? Who would have a lot of money lying around? Okay, so they're like, which celebrity's a big dumb bitch? <laughs> exactly. Is that what they were doing? According to Nick, they picked Paris Hilton oh as my their God. first victim because they figured she was dumb. Calling her, He also called Hilton a fair target because she didn't really contribute to society. Oh, so, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> At the time, Paris Hilton lived in something called Mulholland Estates, which is technically in Sherman Oaks, but somehow the developer managed to get a Beverly Hills zip code. There's like a a few of those in LA. Um, So it was uh, a gated community. Nick hit the bullseye when, while, while using Google maps to find her home, he saw that the, uh, the gated community had like a hill that led to the development that didn't have anything to hinder their entrance. So they didn't have to go through the gated security checkpoint or whatever. So on a night in October of 2008, the duo had a few drinks and almost on impulse decided that that was the night they were going to implement their first celebrity burglary. Around midnight, they found the hill and climbed up it, easily getting inside the luxury development. They walked the streets towards Hilton House, unmasked just like normal kids who might live there. Nothing to see here, folks. (laughs) Like they just blatantly walked around. They didn't have masks on. They didn't try to hide anything. And to be honest, I think that kind of worked to their advantage. Like. Uh, there is something to that. They act like they're supposed to be there. Absolutely. Now, when they found Paris's house, they rang the doorbell, planning on acting like dipshit kids if someone answered, but nothing. Nick decided to look under the mat for a key just as a lark, and there was a key there. (gasps) They couldn't believe it. Nick recalled shrugging and saying, stupid. Uh, (laughs) They basically walked right into her house. They entered the key There was no security alarm system, nothing. He described walking into Barbie's dream house. Now, he said that there were pictures of Paris everywhere, even in the bathroom and even silk screened onto pillows on her sofa. (laughs) You know, I don't want to see a picture of me while I'm taking a dump. Seriously. He said the whole place was practically pink. Like, it was pink everywhere. And the whole time they were robbing her... 
the Chihuahuas and one Pomeranian were there scurrying about them, happy to get attention. So I, she just had the aw. dogs. Well, <laughs> so. I was going to say, she is famous for having a lot of pets. Yes. That key must have been for the pet sitter. Or may, yeah, maybe. So all of the dogs were there. Tinkerbell, Marilyn Monroe, Prince, Baby Bear, Dolce, Prada, and Harajuku Bitch. Oh, that I remember that the, one. I remember, remember that, that dog, yeah. <laughs> now, this was pre their $300,000 doghouse decorated with Philip Stark furniture that they get later oh, on. I remember that. Now, Nick said he found the sensation of suddenly being in Hilton's home horrifying. There was that percentage of, wow, this is Paris Hilton's house. But as soon as I put my foot in the door, it was just like, I needed to run out. I can imagine that feeling. Like, there must have been something kind of exhilarating about it. Like, But also, like, this is terrifying. This is wrong. Because you must think you're going to get caught. Like, there's just no way security won't be coming, right? Right. So he says he served as the lookout at the top of the stairs while Lee went into Hilton's bedroom to search for valuables. I was sweating unnaturally. Every five minutes, I was yelling, let's get the fuck out of here. She was like, it's fine. It's fine. Let's keep going. (laughs) He remembered the moment Rachel entered the Holy Land, Paris's closet. Unfortunately, all her shoes were size 11, so Rachel couldn't take any of them. But they fit uh, Nick, and he sort of walked around in them making jokes, uh, but he didn't steal any of her shoes. Lee took some expensive bras, uh, some designer dresses that night. They also took a bottle of Grey Goose from her nightclub room that she famously has this uh, disco ball nightclub party room. And they uh, took all the cash they could find in all of her pockets, which ended up being $1,500 worth of cash in various purses and pockets. I would be obviously feel really violated if someone (laughs) broke into my house. But for some reason, it would feel even more violating if someone broke into my house and all my pets were there. Yeah. Even if they didn't do anything, I just to have my pets have to witness that. Yes. Now, their plan was to always take so little that, that no one would notice. And that's what they did. They Because uh, they had plans to come back several more times. And they did come back to her house several more times. Uh, I mean, and did I would, the same thing. I would be worried worried about like taking something like an article of clothing, and then you wear it out, and it's like photographed. And I mean, they're not famous, right. so they're not getting in the tabloids. But what if she saw like, hey, that's my top? Well, they were very aware of what she was photographed in because yeah. they would go in her closet and be like that's what she wore at the MTV Movie Awards. So right. they kind of stayed away from her more photographed outfits. Yeah, um, they really did their research. Now, one night they went and they found uh, cocaine. So they definitely took that. From who? From Paris. Oh. Now, he said they found about five grams of cocaine and that just was like a find. And they said, he said that they put Lil, Wayne, Lil Wayne's got money on and hauled ass down Mole Island. Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, Paris's representatives will later deny this. And they said they don't know why anyone would take the allegations made by a self-confessed thief seriously. Also, if I was Paris Hilton, I would have way more than just five grams. Absolutely. That is not a lot of cocaine. Now, once they were walking up their hill to get to her house when security showed up and they had to hide in a bush for an hour as security like shined lights all around now, that mountain. They went to her house multiple times? They went to her house five times. Wow. So this is like one of... But sometimes they'll try to go and and end up aborting the trip. Right. Like, uh, so they do that a bunch too. Now, Nick described... Like at some point, feeling like this intimacy of being in her house made him start to feel more connected to her, which upped his guilt level. Like right. he started seeing her more as a person. I think at some point, I think he realized that they had both been diagnosed with ADHD, and he started feeling even worse, like that he was doing this to her. 
um, so there was another time he stole something. Like sometimes they would start stealing things that were more intimate. Like he stole Benji Madden's sneakers once and started wearing them. That was her boyfriend at the time. Right. It was just kind of like, why did he do that? <laughs> like, And then another time they took topless photos they found of Paris <gasps> and planned to sell to the tabloids, but they had no value because Paris had already, everyone had seen her tits at, at that point. So mm. no one wanted them. So that was like another bust, but it was still kind of like that's, stealing her personal. That's a violation. Absolutely. Now, after a few successful robberies, Rachel recruited her friend Diana Tamoya into the gang and Nick was like not that happy about it. He he kind of liked that this was him and Rachel's thing, like it was their little secret and he was apprehensive about it but Rachel ruled the roost and Diana was invited into this group. Now she was also a student, a student at the same high school. She was the student body president at Indian Hills. She had been voted best smile. Uh, she also had money and she was known for getting into fights. That, that was her bad behavior. <laughs> um, her, according to Nick, her entire wardrobe at some point consisted of stolen items that they stole through this bling ring and her small size was utilized during some of the bar, the burglaries because she was able to one time get into a dog door <gasps> to open up the house. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now, Nick definitely started feeling more anxious when the group grew and for good reason. It's like the more you start letting other people in, it just always fucking becomes a disaster. Now, he also said that it kind of created more of a party atmosphere, like because another girl gets invited into the mix and her name is Courtney Ames. Nick liked her, but it was like, he just did not want more people into this uh, group. He also didn't understand why Courtney wanted to be there because she was not a glamour girl like the other two. She was more of a tomboy style. And so like the first robbery she went on, she stole Paris's Diane von Furstenberg leather jacket. Like that's what she wanted. Um, Rachel even brought an ex-boyfriend once on one of the burglaries. He would eventually be busted with the jewelry that Paris Hilton recognized as hers, but was never charged with anything, probably because he was a minor at the time. So he's never considered part of this group. Now, it did become more of a party atmosphere. Uh, Nick was definitely fluctuating between paranoia and euphoria, like he was scared, but then afterwards he would always feel like this huge high. According to Courtney Ames, at one point, uh, oh, I mentioned this, that he did try on Hilton's fair. He would do like dances around the house in the, her high heel shoes. Um, he's, he does deny that happened. But Nick would also, he would also monitor TMZ religiously to see if Paris had reported anything. Oh. So they were always looking for her to see like if she ever knew. And she was not like reporting anything nothing was coming out which i think has its own sense of paranoia like something must be going on right uh then courtney brought a new person into the group and that was 27 year old roy lopez now he joined the group for what would be the final hilton burglary on december 19th 2008 he and courtney ames had worked together at the sagebrush cantina in calabasas uh roy was a bartender there and he would serve the teens drink uh, drinks on the house, cool dude. You know, he's 27 serving teens alcohol, <laughs> the hero. Look, we loved that guy. <laughs> Absolutely. When we were teens. Now we know he's not cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> so he started overhearing these guys bragging about these things. These people were not quiet about their crimes. Another no no. He finally suggests to them that they go for a bigger haul. Uh, they often speak, spoke about Hilton's jewelry. Um, 
that she had her own personal Tiffany's. Like she had a whole closet with all of her jewelry in it. And they never touched that because they were keeping it low key. Now, Roy said he could commit the theft for them. So they didn't have to go in and worry about stealing the jewelry. He would do it. Uh, and then he had a fence to sell the jewels to, and they could split the cut, possibly hundreds of thousands of dollars each. So he said in exchange for his doing the job that Nick would plan the burglary for him and give him all the information and like where to turn and what to do. And then, uh, that would be like how they earned their cut and they agreed. So on that night, December 19th, Hilton leaves her home at 10.30 p.m. She was gone for three to four hours partying at Bar Deluxe in Hollywood. She said she didn't turn her alarm on because she felt safe in her gated community. When she returned about 2 to 3 a.m. that night, she immediately noticed something was off. Roy was not as conspicuous as the, as the others had been. Dirty shoe markers Marks were going up the stairs and across the bedroom on her black carpet, which is insane. I have no idea why she had black carpet. But but like a video also showed a man about six feet tall in black carrying out a Louis Vuitton bag that was literally stuffed to the gills with $2 million worth of jewelry. (gasps) Now on this video, you can see the jewels like coming out and they're in like a tangled mess because he literally just scooped up all this jewelry and shoved it in the bag. Like he wasn't delicately like placing it and stuff like that in a bag. He was just shut. Like her closet was ransacked. So it was very obvious she got robbed. Now this time Paris calls the police. Nick sees it all over the gossip sites. Like there's headlines that Paris is, I'm I'm sure there were like puns too. Like Paris is Hilton plundered. (laughs) Like whatever. Like, do you know what I mean? It was a big news story. Now you said that there was video of this guy. Yes. So, but she didn't have video before. Well, she she did, but if she didn't think she was robbed, she wouldn't check the video. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I think that surveillance camera, it goes on a loop. So if you don't right. think you're robbed, it's like covered up at some point. Right. So this time she looked immediately and was able to see it. Although they don't care about surveillance and we'll get more into that later. So as I said, it's all over the news now. Nick calls up Roy and he's like, hey, like, great job. Like, and he's excited about getting his cut. Unfortunately, Roy stole mostly costume jewelry and all of the very expensive stuff he stole was so rare and easily identified that they weren't able to sell it at that time. So he told Nick that they'd have to keep keep it sort of in a warehouse in Arizona until things cooled down. Like he's stealing jewelry that were in her, was in her family for generations. Right. Like these are old jewels that are very highly recognizable and probably famous in some ways or right. sold on auction, etc. So you can't just sell them in a pawn shop. Uh, Rachel would eventually uh, carry the key they found at Paris to Hilton's house on her own key ring as a souvenir. Um, they also considered robbing Jessica Simpson, as we mentioned earlier, but they decided not to because Rachel said her purses weren't real leather. Oh. <laughs> What? And I was like, how do you know that? But also that's such a slam for some reason on poor Jessica Simpson. Like I mean, I feel like Jessica Simpson famously carried those Louis Vuitton purses all the time. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But maybe they didn't like her fashion line, which was definitely more low budget, probably. Yeah. But she probably didn't use it herself. I don't think Jessica Simpson exclusively carried her own bag. I know. I was like, well, did she have a vegan moment or something like that? No. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've had a really stressful year with work and family stuff, and I know I'm not alone when I say I tend to push that stress down in order to get what I need done, done, and that only makes things worse. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. In the past, therapy has helped me navigate many situations from helping me to set boundaries to just becoming the best version of myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I love that it's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HCS. Now, obviously, this put like a little, they kind of cooled it down a bit after this big Paris Hilton thing because it was so hot, but they didn't stop committing crimes uh, 100%. They just stopped the celebrity crimes temporarily. They were still robbing local uh, cars and houses to keep things going. They they also robbed a huge Encino mansion at some point in January, and they stole new commute computers, and that's where they that's what they used to start stalking their next celebrity victim. So they got some high-tech equipment <laughs> to keep going on, and they picked their next one, and that would be another style icon of Rachel's, Audrina Partridge from The Hills. She was a style now, icon? according to Nick... Obviously, she's not as high fashion as Paris, but she epitomized the rich SoCal beach girl look that was sexy and cool, and Rachel liked it. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't remember Audrina's style or even having a style particularly. 
Now, they decide on hitting her place February 22nd, 2009, because it was Oscar night, and anyone who was anyone would be out party hopping at celeb-filled parties. They were easily able to find um, her Oscar plans online. You could basically just Google and see who was going to what party. It makes you realize how you should not put any information online ever. Oh, my God. Uh, so he went to her house. Uh, they went to their her house, which was in the Hollywood Hills. They parked down the street from her million-dollar home that she had just purchased with her Carl's Jr. ad money, where she's eating a burger and a bikini. She did? She did one of those, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even Do you remember, remember those the- ads yes. where it was like... Slow ride. Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Carl's Jr. commercials. I will say, when they were doing all that great Foley work with the crunching of the burger, yeah. uh, that was kind of delectable. <laughs> I always, They're horny commercials, food-wise, even. It, it wasn't even about that the commercials were horny. It was about all that burger noise was yeah. th- tempting to yeah, me. Yeah, it was tempting. Now... Once again, they walk up openly, no masks. Audrina had not turned on her alarm, and they found an unlocked sliding glass door around the back. They basically just walked right in once again. Uh, they actually, when the door opened, she had some system set up that was like, door open. Uh-oh. And they ran away because they got scared, but then no police showed up. So they're like, oh, okay, <laughs> let's go back. It's like if the person's there. Yeah, like it just gives you a notification that the door opened. It's scary enough breaking into someone's house, but I feel like the stakes are so much higher when the person's not even out of town. They're just at a party. Yeah. Like, what if they come home early? I, I mean, yeah. You, you don't know. You have no idea. Someone could be mean to her at an Oscar party. She comes home in tears. Exactly. Ju- What's his name? Justin Bobby might show oh. up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, He's making out with one of the girls from Hugh Hefner's TV show. Right, Holly. <laughs> the girls next door. Is that yeah. what it's called? <laughs> fucking Justin Bobby. Dude, you have no idea how much I hate Justin Bobby. (laughs) I know who he is because like I read all the tabloids during that era. I know who Justin Bobby is. Was was he the guy with the knit beanie? Uh, Yeah, the longish hair. Yes. He was like kind of the like, I'm the like artsy guy. Yes, but he's like a fuck boy. Yeah, and he had like a really deep v-neck. Just the name killed me. (laughs) No one puts that combination together. (laughs) I'm sorry. No. So... Uh, they go into Audrina's house. Once again, they're just like looking around. They even, Rachel even poses for the surveillance camera, like not looking directly in it, but kind of like, hey, you know, like that kind of stuff. Just like completely like confident that they're not going to get busted. Now, the next, the camera like even sees them inside the house. So they watch them go up the stairs. Rachel comes down wearing a white fedora like one of uh, Audrina's white fedoras, I guess she had been famous for wearing. And (laughs) she had come back from a trip recently, so she had all her luggage in her bedroom, and they just basically filled up all of her luggage (laughs) with stuff they were stealing and took it out of the house. And that was the first time they were like, hey, we should just use their luggage to steal stuff for. That was like where that idea came, and they do it several more times. Now, when she returned, though... The fact that they used her luggage was the first sign that she had that something was wrong. Because she was like, where's my luggage? And she's like, am I such a dipshit that I left it in the car? Like, she actually went to check her car, which was probably what I would do. Like, oh, maybe I left it in my car. Like, who the hell knows? So she also then saw lines from pulling the bag on her carpet. I don't know why all these people have carpet in their bedrooms, but they do. So she could see the luggage wheels. Then she checked her jewelry 
area or whatever, and that was all gone. Uh, So she checked her security camera and saw these two people leaving with suitcases and coming back for a second round. (gasps) So they took stuff, and then they're like, you know what? Let's go back for more. So according to Audrina, they took bags and bags of stuff. They took my great-grandma's jewelry, my passport, my laptop, and this is my favorite thing that she pointed out and was very upset about, and jeans made to fit my body to my perfect shape. (laughs) (laughs) These were custom-made jeans that Audrina was very upset about that they took them. Look, jeans are hard to find good ones. You know what? I felt it. I was like, yeah, I get it. Like, If I had jeans made for my body, that would be insane. Now, the estimated value of the stolen property was $43,000. Partridge believes the thieves were motivated by her fame. Rachel Lee was a big fan of me. I was her target. She's a little obsessed girl. I got to tell you, she's going to get what she deserves. <laughs> Adrena's not happy. She's pissed off about this. Now, to be fair, she was scared. Like yeah. These people are scared. Like She had her brother come live with her for like weeks after this robbery happened. And it's like, these kids have no qualms about fucking with these people's sense of safety. Like that's scary if your house gets robbed. It must be really hard to live there right. after that happens. Right. So I do feel for her, um, even though she's not my favorite Hills cast member. Oh. I'm just kidding. Wait, who is uh, who is your favorite? Um I like Lauren. I like Lauren too. She's like the most she's like the me because I'm like she's like the reasonable sort of most down to earth one. But I don't really relate to any of them. Like she's also crazy, but yeah, I like her the most. I, I mean, think. I liked her on Laguna Beach. I also liked um, Lo a bit. I liked Lo. She's too. a little bit more crazy. Yeah. Uh, so I liked her. I thought she was funny. Yeah, she is funny. Like she she's like the funny she, one. She'd be fun to hang out with. Absolutely. She's probably the one I would want to hang out with. Yeah. Um, for sure. But I was never like a Heidi stan. I didn't like Heidi and Spencer uh, no. at all. <laughs> Come on. That was a mess. Just a total mess. I mean, she's the one that makes you uncomfortable because you're like, oh, like, don't be so desperate for people to like you. It's just like cringe, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, now Partridge uploads the video that she gets, the surveillance video to her website, like literally AudrinaPartridge.com. Because wow. she's like, hey, fans, have, do you guys know who these people are? Because they're on her camera. So she's hoping people will recognize her. This uh, download or whatever upload gets picked up by KTLA, the local news uh, caster or whatever news outlet. outlet. And TMZ picks it up as well. So like, hey, let's help catch Audrina's robber. Now, this is the first time Nick says he realized their actions might have consequences. Oh. <laughs> I was like, really? Like, this is the first time you've literally been having like stress diarrhea the whole time. Wait, he had stress diarrhea? I mean, he's having, no, like, I'm just joking. <laughs> like, he's so stressed though all the time. I know I'm going to get sued. Allegedly. <laughs> I was watching KTLA and I saw us and I just broke down. Rachel was like, it's okay. <laughs> when nothing happened, they felt even more emboldened. Whatever like Rachel's level of calm is. Dude, we that, all need like 10% of that. <laughs> I wish I wish I had even a fraction of that. As, it's crazy. As a highly anxious person. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't know how they could do it. Now, after taking a little bit more time off after this Andrina robbery, Rachel and Nick pick their next victim, and that is another one of Rachel's style icons, Rachel Bilson. Now, she was a huge fan of the OC, and Rachel's character on that is kind of like a little OC fashionista, uh, so it makes sense. And in Rachel in real life... She was. She's 
definitely a fashionable, she had a lot of vintage, like she had a cool style for sure. Now, Nick began making a plan to invade her Los Feliz home in late April. They wound up breaking into her house five times because she was in New York filming something. Diana joins them uh, and is in designer clothes heaven. Uh, Rachel also had a vintage shoe collection, but was a size five, too small for both of the girls. But Rachel wanted them anyway, and she stole <laughs> she stole a lot of these shoes just to have these That's in her collection. Mean. She also stole Chanel makeup and underwear. According to Nick, they didn't uh, just take things during their house calls. Rachel Lee left something of her own at Rachel Bilson's house <gasps> before she walked out with perfume, jewelry, and underwear and makeup and handbags. Uh, she says, quote, we were in Rachel Bilson's bathroom and Rachel said she had to go. So she just, yeah, I remember the incident so well. I can recall the smell, <laughs> which is really nasty, disgusting. I know I would never like, like while you're there robbing a house, you have to rush. Like I've had to pee when I've been in there, but I never would use their bathroom and just in fear that something maybe evidence wise would be left behind. I think that's weird personally, but yeah, she did. She took a shit in Rachel Bilson's bathroom and left it in the toilet. Wait, she didn't even flush? No. Desi. Isn't that vulgar? I would move. I Abs- would. I, I would, was like, my shoes was one thing. Right. No, if, if I found out that someone broke into my house and took a shit. It's so nervy. Like, that is the height of confidence to take a big shit mid <laughs> Like, how do you do that? Dude, most people... I can't even shit in someone's house. That's what I'm saying. Most people can't even take a shit in some place that isn't their home. It's crazy. Okay. So they go back, as I said, like three three to six more times. Like, sometimes we don't even know how many times they went because we only... Like, do you know what I mean? Like, they're not telling us things. Right. And Rachel wasn't reporting them as they happened. She didn't know until... She didn't know the exact number. um, But I think they went four to six times total. So they stole somewhere between $130,000 and $300,000 worth of stuff. That's the other thing. A lot of times these celebrities don't even know everything they had because they get so much free shit and they just can't keep track of it all. Now, they had so much stuff from Rachel Bilson that they didn't even know what to do with it. And they would get a kiosk at Venice the Venice Beach boardwalk and sell purses for $50 each. So these were designer purses that were probably worth way more money and they would make thousands of dollars just selling these fucking purses to make cash. These series of robberies were also the first ones that Tess Taylor joined in on. Nick offered her the chance to upgrade her wardrobe and she jumped at it. Shortly after their last robbery, Rachel, who was out of town during these burglaries, got a call from her mom that her home had been burglarized. And uh, so she was devastated. Once again, she did not set her alarm when she left town. So her house was just fucking open for anyone to walk into. Now, during all of this, they're living up the high life in Hollywood. They're fucking going out. They're wearing all their new fucking hot clothes and jewelry. And they have all this money on them. Nick said, all you needed was money. And like me and Rachel had money so we could get in anywhere. That's all you needed was the money and the right look to get into these Hollywood clubs. And we weren't ugly, so we had that too. (laughs) Um, Now, around this time, the bling ring was going out in these clothes. And their favorite spot to go party was a French-themed nightclub in Hollywood called Le Doux. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was going to say, Desi, I was going to say... The only thing that would make this more cliche <laughs> is if they went to Ladue. Now look, yes. I've been to Ladue. <laughs> Wait, what is the French theme like? It's not. I wouldn't call it a. I don't look. Okay, I, I 
I went to Ladue during peak Ladue years. Okay. Uh huh. I it's not for me. No. Well, okay. So here's what I know. Apparently, they had like a restaurant section where you could go when you were underage, and that was somehow attached to the 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 bar area that you had to be over twenty one to get into. Yeah. Now, obviously, it's very easy for kids like that to sneak over. I remember doing it at clubs like that that were all ages. Like It's easy. Especially because Courtney Ames' boyfriend, Johnny Ahar, a.k.a. Johnny Dangerous, worked (laughs) at the club as a promoter. (laughs) Now, they first met at another nightclub called The Green Door um, that these kids used to go to with fake ID. So they met this this promoter. um, Did you go to Green Door too? Oh, yeah. I liked Green Door. Okay. So now Johnny... Dangerous or Ahar, like in the film, this this party, these party people are presented as like you know, coke snorting, smoking crack sometimes in the movie. That they looked really cool and like way older than they were. But Johnny Ahar, this guy, the promoter, I think he was also a bouncer sometimes. He was like, uh, no, that's not quite. (laughs) They weren't quite as suave as they're portrayed in the movie. Uh, He also eventually will become another sort of middleman for them to fence stolen goods, but that's a little bit later. He said to this author, Nancy Jo Sales, I did not want to be involved. They were spending all their money from the crimes on bottle service at the clubs. It just wasn't my thing. They were at every hot club in the city. They drink horribly. (laughs) Courtney, (laughs) I tried to tell her, you can't act like that. Nick would blow chunks all over the place. Like ordering bottle service Ugh. is insane. I'm sorry. Look, it's such a waste of money. Bottle service is like what at least a thousand dollars? I don't even know how much it is because I've never done it, but it's like it's so it's stupid. crazy. So that's what they were doing. They were going, they couldn't hold their liquor, but they were living it up as if they were fucking entourage. Um, now, Nick at the time is also straddling two groups of friends. There's Courtney, Rachel, and Diana. And Tess Taylor, Alexis, and her sister, Gabrielle, who's younger and doesn't quite go as much, but she's sort of in that other group. These two cliques did not love each other. As I mentioned earlier, Courtney was kind of a tomboy style. And over the course of the robbery, she really hoed it. She started hoeing it up and trying to be more stylish, but she just didn't have... Uh, have it in her really. So she was sort of mocked a lot by the other girl. Um, She was once photographed out wearing both leopard and zebra prints at the same time. And and they were just like mocking her mercilessly. They also made up a song about her to the tune of Ray J's Sexy Can I. (laughs) Do you know this song? I do. Do you want me to read it? Well, there's not much to read, but obviously... You would say this song describes a man who was desperate to sleep with someone, like a hot chick, right? Or something. Sexy can I? <laughs> so they changed the lyrics to uh, Courtney, can I? <laughs> and she would get really upset, uh, I guess, because it's like a desperate guy and they thought she was desperate. Um, she was just the one they picked on. Another thing they did to her later, like after all the shit hits the fan, is Courtney apparently didn't have a sense of smell and they would use that to prank her. And one of the things they did after everyone was getting arrested is they put a can of tuna in her car so everything in the car, including her, would smell like tuna and she wouldn't even know that she was walking around. I know, isn't that mean? Now, the crew's next celebrity target was another one that Rachel wanted to be like and that is Victoria's Secret model and face of their new younger line for women called Pink, Miranda Kerr. She at the time was dating actor Orlando Bloom. And according to Nick, Rachel was like 
you steal a lingerie model's lingerie and then you're a hot <laughs> lingerie model. Like that's how she thought. Like if I got all her clothes, I'll end up with a hot guy like Orlando Bloom as well. This is the robbery where Alexis Nears finally joins in. Now, Alexa will later tell investigators that she and Nick Prugo had been drinking at Beso. <laughs> oh my God, Beso. I know, isn't this the most 2000s story ever? Uh, which was a, a trendy bar and restaurant on Hollywood Boulevard. Wait, didn't like somebody own it? Ava Longoria? Ava Longoria owned this yes. club. Okay, this was a big, like a Mexican sort of fusion type restaurant. I never went to yeah. it. Now, Prugo says that he got a call from Rachel telling the, them to come meet her. It was July 13th, 2009. Uh, Alexa said she knew that Prugo and Lee had been burglarizing celebrities' homes and she knew all the names, but she wasn't sure what was up that night. She, at the time, was 18 years old. She said she was drunk and not sure what was going on as they parked uh, Nick's white Toyota on the road outside a house in the Hollywood Hills. Later, she would find out that it was the home of Pirates of the Caribbean star Orlando Bloom. Her friends knew that Bloom was in New York shooting a movie. Now, she, Alexis says that Lee and another girl, Diana Tamayo, who was 19 at the time, got out of a white Audi 4 that was also parked on his uh, on the street, and the four of them walked up the hill to Bloom's residence, a stark black mansion. She said that she didn't want to go inside, but still she followed. She later told police that the other three seemed to be covering their faces with their hoodies to escape the security camera. And at some point, Rachel cuts out a, a section of the chain link fence, and that's how they get into the property. They crawl through this hole. They went around the house at that point, checking windows and doors, finally finding an unlocked door by Bloom's pool area. They went inside and they just started ransacking his home, according to Alexis. That night, they would allegedly steal close to $500,000 in Rolex watches, Louis Vuitton luggage, clothing, and artwork, as well as a rug. What are you doing? Get me the fuck out of here, Uh, Alexis said she was screaming at them. She said she was so upset that she went outside and threw up and peed in the bushes. Now, Nick has a slightly different version of what happened that night. Uh, He said, we didn't even go to Beso that night. He said that they were at his house because his parents were out of town. Alexis's mom had kicked her out of the house. So he, she had been staying at Nick's place for like a week or so. And she said that um, the reason Alexis got kicked out is her parents caught her smoking Oxycontin. Now, uh, she denies this, although she does go into rehab later and does have a drug platter problem later. So who knows who's telling the truth here? We planned to meet at Orlando Bloom. So he's saying that Alexis was in on it the whole time, whereas she's kind of saying, I didn't know what was going on. I was drunk at Beso and just went along with it. They met up. Uh, they went into the house. Um, he says that what proves that they were all in on it is when they walked up the hill to his house, they walked up backwards so the security cameras couldn't see their faces. And Alexis also walked up backwards. So she definitely knew that they were avoiding cameras and seemed to be in on the plan. Now he says, you know, yeah, he basically is like, how would a drunk person walk up backwards even? Like she was not wasted. Now, whenever they robbed celebrities' homes, uh, Prugo said, that their new style was grabbing a suitcase, filling it up with whatever you wanted. And at some point, Rachel finds, like she goes behind like a, (laughs) one of those like trap doors in like a bookshelf and finds this collection of Rolex watches. Now, 
these are like very valuable and he collects them and he has one that's like 60 years old that's worth, you know, it's like like a rare watch. So these are, like I said, worth $500,000, just these Rolex watches. Um, they also find some one-of-a-kind fashion because Miranda Kerr is a model. There's a dress by Alex Perry, so it's like a one-of-a-kind runway dress that they steal as well. In total, uh, everything is over well over half a million dollars just because the watches alone are that much money. Now, at some point, they leave, and once again, this is a house that they go back to three to four times <gasps> to get more stuff. Like They're just going back and loading up. During this robbery, Rachel lets it slip that she needs art and a rug because she's moving with her dad to Vegas and wants stuff to decorate her new (laughs) house with. So she steals a fucking rug from Orlando Bloom as well as artwork like off of his wall. How big is this rug? I have no idea, but the, it, the it's comical to think of this guy helping his friend, like roll being so up. in love that you roll a fucking rug and look like you're probably carrying a fucking dead body on the surveillance video. So this goes on for over three hours. They're robbing this house. Uh, and as I said, going in and out several times. Um, the next day, someone happens to go to Bloom's house to pick something up and is like, hey, your house got fucking burglarized because they ransacked this house. This is They're no longer doing the steal a few things and make it look like nothing happened. His house is trashed. Now, uh, he's really upset. And one of the reasons he's extra upset is because they found those Rolexes and he knew it was in this secret compartment. So he was like, only two people know about this a compartment. So he's like, did my someone I know fucking do this or right. did my housekeeper do this? Like he has no idea. So that makes it extra scary for them. Now, around this time, there's fights starting to fracture the group. Um, Nick, like Alexis staying with Nick caused Tess, her kind of adopted sister. Like she's, this Tess is not her biological sister, but she's lived with the family since she's two years old. Um, So they start having a fallout because Tess like, Nick is my friend. And why are you hanging out with Alexis, my sister? It's like that kind of thing. Uh, the group is just unraveling, but despite that, they keep plugging along. They continue conducting surveillance on other targets, including Miley Cyrus, Zac Efron, Vanessa Hudgens. Um, meanwhile, Nick says he's becoming increasingly nervous about their activities, just like constantly anxious. Um, and you know, Lee Rachel Lee is now moving with her father in Vegas and Nick is like, what's going on with that? Like, he's like, I know you fight with your mom, but like, who cares? Like move in with me or whatever. He doesn't get why she's doing it. So is she like, I'm getting out of the game? Well, basically that's what she's doing. And what Nick doesn't know is that like that week or something, Diana and Rachel had been busted shoplifting $80 worth of stuff at Sephora. Come on. (laughs) That's what you get busted for? (laughs) They got busted for that. And now she's nervous because she's in the system. So Uh she's like, I can't keep robbing. Like, why would you rob when you have Chanel makeup? Like you're going to Sephora. They steal makeup all the time. Like what the fuck? So they have like a going away party for Rachel at Ledoux. Um, Nick helps her move, driving through the desert with her car full of all the stolen property, the paintings, the rug. So now he's like moving stolen goods across state lines, like a felony. So that's that. He doesn't even know that's a crime. They basically party in Vegas for a week before he heads back to LA. Now, Nick didn't know this at the time, but Rachel would be coming back for a shoplifting hearing in August. (laughs) And it would be then that they commit their biggest hit yet, the ultimate get for Rachel, the home of Lindsay Lohan. So that's where we're going to stop this week. Next week, we have the end of their crime spree, their capture, 
We're going to watch all these monsters turn on each other, and we're going to go into a deep dive on Alexis Nira's, her reality show, and her feud with Nancy Jo Sales, the Mm. author of the book. (laughs) That's still going on to this day, by the way. This is an incredible feud. (laughs) It's so good. I was like, when I was starting reading all the stuff about the feud, I was like, I can't fit this all into one episode. There's no no fucking way. Because this stuff is hilarious. just, (laughs) Just the quotes alone... Her quote, like I had, I almost like I had to cut out this huge section with this interview with Alexis because it was so funny. I didn't know what to cut. I was in tears laughing. So I cannot wait. Maybe we can get Rachel to do a dramatic reading of this iconic uh, interview she does with Nancy Jo Sales, where she just says some of the most off the wall things ever. I mean, she is a narcissist. There's like this whole chapter on Alexis and the next, you know, in like, uh, in like nonfiction writing, they're like, da 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 da, this is a personal story. And then they start off in 1984, the book, The Narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's this cut where she starts talking about this like book about narcissism that came out in the 80s. Amazing. But it was like the best cut ever. I was like, yeah, that's about, that's about right. Like, okay, we'll, we'll plan a dramatic reading. Okay. Maybe. So next week's going to be super fun. There's a lot of crazy stuff Look, still this coming. This was fun. Oh, yeah. I had a blast. <laughs> okay, well, we will see you all on Friday. And we'll have some good pictures. We I'm sure. have some great pictures. Okay, okay thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 